Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on February 4th, 2024. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to contribute financially to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Siggy Helgeson with the Gospel reading. The Gospel lesson comes from Luke chapter 10. And today I'm going to be reading out of the Message Translation. Just then, a religion scholar stood up with a question to test Jesus. Teacher, what do I need to do to get eternal life? He answered, what's written in God's law? How do you interpret it? He said that you love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and muscle and intelligence and that you love your neighbor as well as you do yourself. Good answer, said Jesus, do it and you'll live. Looking for a loophole, he asked, and just how would you define neighbor? Jesus answered by telling a story. There was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and on the way he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road, But when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. Then a Levite religious man showed up. He also avoided the injured man. But a Samaritan traveling the road came to him. And when he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. He gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him onto his donkey, led him to an inn, and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. I'll pay you on my way back. What do you think? Which of the three became a neighbor to the one attacked by robbers? The one who treated him kindly, the religion scholar responded. Jesus said, go and do the same. The gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Aloha. Let's try it again. Aloha. Aloha. Ah, thank you. So... I've recently returned from the beautiful state of Hawaii and the island of Maui, where you're immediately greeted with aloha. And that word in Hawaiian comes from two Polynesian words, alo, presence, and ha, ha, breath. And more than a greeting, it's a way to acknowledge that we share the same breath and we honor the spirit of the one that we greet. So when we stepped off of the plane and entered Maui, weary from a very long day of travel, it felt really good to be greeted 
with that aloha and feel that aloha spirit that welcomes and offers kindness and hospitality. Well, you may recall that it was only six months ago in late August when there was a terrible fire on Maui that wiped out the historical town of Lahaina. Buildings burned to the ground as well as lush plants and trees and historic landmarks, local restaurants, galleries, and shops, along with family homes, were all lost. And hundreds became instantly homeless, and almost everyone knew of a friend or relative that perished in that fire. It was devastating, and Maui is not done healing. It'll take years to rebuild, let alone recover. So I wondered, would we be welcome here? Should we even be there, vacationing in a place that's had so much loss and pain? Well, when I had the opportunity to ask one of the locals about how they were doing and what was needed and wondered out loud if we should even be there, she replied, yes, you are welcome here. And we need you to be here. We need your support. And just like that's aloha, yeah. <laughs> I felt that aloha spirit. I felt like it was even extended to me, this howly, this tourist, this outsider. And it moved me to be welcomed in that way. And it caused me to think about welcome and how are we welcomed? And what does it mean to be welcomed? So in our Bible study on Wednesday, when we talk about the scriptures, we spend some time reflecting on this question. And I want to share some of the group responses and their, their wisdom. What does it mean to be welcomed? Well, I feel welcomed when I was invited to sit with a group of girls at lunch when I was the new kid in junior high. I felt welcome when I was supported by my church after I lost my spouse. I felt like I was being held by them. I felt welcomed when I felt seen by another and they considered my experience, even if it was different from theirs. It felt like having an ally. Well, when you think about it, that feeling of being welcomed, is, it's so important. And there are times that maybe we don't even notice it because, like me, it could be something that we're just kind of used to and we walk through the world assuming that we are welcome. But when you feel unwelcome, you notice it immediately. And it feels awful. Whether it's in a family or among friends, in a community, in a school, or even in a church, it can sting and wound and damage one's soul. Well, a gospel lesson for today calls us to care for the neighbor, to show love to the neighbor. And I believe that that starts with welcome, with seeing the neighbor, honoring their spirit as we acknowledge that we share the same breath. So the parable of the Good Samaritan 
It's probably a familiar story for most. And when we hear it, we may see ourselves in this parable, perhaps as one who has walked by without offering help or not spoken up when someone or a group was talked about disparagingly. Or maybe you felt like the one who was beat up and lying on the side of the road as people walked by. Or maybe both at different times in life. Well, what if you were in the crowd and you were actually a Samaritan? And you heard Jesus telling this story. You would know that the mainly Jewish crowd surrounding Jesus would probably wince at hearing Jesus make the Samaritan the hero, the one who demonstrated love and mercy. How can a Samaritan, one of mixed blood, one who didn't worship the right way, one who was considered unclean, be the one that follows this great command to love the neighbor? How can a Samaritan be called good? Can you imagine the scandal of it? Jesus was taking a huge risk because he was implying that the outsider is the good neighbor and by a neighbor also worthy of love. How would that make the Samaritan feel hearing it in that way? You know, I can only imagine Jesus' words made them feel seen, feel cared for, and those wounds were being attended to. Jesus brings in the outsider and says, you too are welcome here. Enter into the kingdom, beloved of God. Well, today we are celebrating RIC Sunday, becoming a reconciling in Christ congregation. And I recall when we started this process about two years ago, part of that was to hear the stories of those who were on the margin, who felt like outsiders. And it was powerful to hear from those who have felt like they were wounded by the church community. So I asked the folks from our Gender Sexuality Alliance and Anti-Racism Alliance to share some of their stories today or share the stories of one of their uh, fellow siblings in Christ. And I invite us to hear and listen with the ears of our hearts to those for whom this welcome is especially important. So I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm reading on behalf of my sibling in Christ, and this is their story. Last spring at Synod Assembly, I was talking to a gentleman, and we were approached by a member who pointed to another man and said, that man's homeless. He doesn't belong here. Keep an eye on him. While others around him ignored him, George and Sharon, who were with me, brought him some candy we had, sat him down in the eating area, helped dry him off, got him a cup of coffee, some food, and listened to his story. It hit a range of emotions in me. That could be me, a homeless person, or it could be me as a person of color or any other marginalized groups. Many of us in the marginalized communities fear that and wonder, what are others saying? How do they view us? Are we safe? Words are powerful, actions even more so. 
So here another story on behalf of another sibling in Christ. This is her story. There have been times when I felt unwelcome at church. I was brought up in a strict conservative church where sexuality and gender issues were not discussed, but I was acutely aware that being different was not okay. But even though I have subsequently sought out other churches that present themselves as progressive and welcoming, I have encountered talk and behavior that is not welcoming. I think the dominant straight white culture of even the most welcoming churches has significant blind spots that sometimes play out painfully for those who are different. A few years ago, I was regular meet regularly meeting with a group of individuals who are all members of this congregation and who varied in age and passions. During one of our meetings, someone voiced their personal opinion about homosexuality, and it was disparaging. And another person voiced a similar opinion. I didn't say anything. I chose silence because in my experience and in my mind, these people were in the minority of this congregation, and addressing it didn't feel like my place. Months later, someone else who was in that room confided in me the hurt they felt that not only were those comments shared, but they weren't challenged. I realized that my not saying something spoke volumes to this person and caused more harm. These stories challenge us as a community of faith. As we are called to love the neighbor like the Samaritan did, to see the neighbor, to have compassion, to risk coming to their aid, attending to their wounds, and offering a place of refuge and healing to say, you are welcome here. I see you, I value you, and more than that, to offer that aloha. I honor the spirit in you and acknowledge that we share the same breath. Today we are invited to remember our baptism to dip our fingers in the baptismal bowl and make the sign of the cross. And in these waters, we are reminded that we are beloved children of God, called to be agents of God's love in the world. It begins with welcome, but it doesn't end there. In becoming reconciling in Christ, we are saying out loud that we will actively work toward reconciling our church community with people in our church who have experienced harm by faith communities, whether ours or another. Being part of an RIC church means people who have been shunned, given the cold shoulder, or ignored by a religious community will see this and feel sanctuary. It means we can all work together with God to guide us to be our authentic selves. Don't ever assume that the work is done. Just because we are RIC doesn't mean we should sit back and congratulate ourselves. If anything, it obligates us to look at ourselves more deeply. And this last one. Being an RIC church means that we not only talk the talk, but we walk the walk. We are letting the world know who we are. And Jesus asks of us today, which one of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by Roberts? And we reply, 
the one who treated him kindly. And Jesus says, go and do the same. Amen. You've been listening to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. Thanks for joining us.